0: This is a continuation of the studies on of hell, and this is how the lake of fire will begin. If you go back a couple of our studies leading up to this, it'll explain and help in this study here on how the lake of fire will actually begin, because that's going to be the eternal place of the of hell and those that belong and live there so or end up there so this is number nine in our study so we look again at the destruction of edom moab and ammon which are at the southeast of the nation of israel around to the back side of the dead sea and and northward and so if you look at the destruction when jesus comes back and returns god's army will come from the south and up the same path that israelites took under moses when they came into the promised land the first time and he will probably cross the jordan river in the same place that the people of israel did in joshua's time so the path before god's army it says in comparison it's lush and green and then what is left behind is a barren wasteland that'll never more be inhabited And what happens is the fire comes from God. And it's a sword that proceeds out of his mouth. So listen to the following verses. And look at the significance of this. Isaiah 30, verse 27 and 28. His lips are full of indignation. And his tongue as a devouring fire. And his breath as an overflowing stream. Isaiah, the same verse. uh, The same chapter, 30, verse 33. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. And what's he talking about here? The fires of hell. And notice it's an overflowing stream. Isaiah 11, verse 4. He shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. It's coming out of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Hebrews ten twenty seven. Here it is in the New Testament. But a fearful, a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which what? Which shall devour the adversaries. Second Thessalonians 2 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, which is the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. And so when Jesus returns on the white horse, in Revelation 19, 21, it says the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which proceeded out of his mouth. So the sword of the Lord comes out of his very mouth. When Jesus returns, the sword is coming out of his mouth. And it's obvious by these verses we read that the sword of the Lord is his breath. It's, that's why the Bible is a sword. Uh, Hebrews four twelve, it's because the Bible's God breathed it's it's inspired it's breathed by the very breath of God and he breathed it out as he spoke the word and the same breath that can give life which is the word of God is the same breath that can destroy you in hell the same word that can save can also damn so these people who rejected God's love will suffer his unmerciful wrath. And if you read Zechariah chapter 14, you'll see how it happens. Because his breath consumes his adversaries. Heaven will come to earth with hell in his breath and its hot consuming wrath. Listen to this. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 12. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem, their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. Many preachers have said this is nuclear war taking place, and the uh, destruction that a bomb would take would do on people that they will literally be consumed before they hit the ground. And I heard that that is true. That took place in Hiroshima and Nagasaki in World War Two, when the atomic bomb was dropped but this is the spirit of God's breath doing this to them it's a consuming breath so if you turn to Isaiah 34 and you look at the chapter it tells us the region that this region that we're studying here in the end of the whole region Edom Moab and Ammon and these are the nations that will aid the Antichrist and trying to kill the Jews during the tribulation. And God will spare the Jews and then he will save the Jews out of this place. And this whole area will become a burning pitch. The land will be scarred with the destruction of God's judgment and it'll be a dreadful place. The Bible says it will run. Streams will run out of it, but it's streams of brimstone and they're all draining to the south and then into the west. Eventually, these streams seep out into the sea, which is the Mediterranean, and they will actually feed the lake of fire that started with the destruction of Rome. So you have Rome falling into the sea like a burning mountain, and and the lake of fire begins, and it never is quenched. And then you have these streams of brimstone that are pouring out of the area of Edom after the judgment of God, and they will seep and and... They will actually flow down to that and feed the lake of fire. So, this is going to, there's obviously going to have to be a little change of the topography south of Israel because these streams of pitch seem to make a separation between Israel and Egypt. And the Bible says Egypt will not be a part of this desolation because she'll be included in the kingdom, which is Isaiah 19, verses 24 and 25. Also, The land of Israel will seem to have an expanded landmass. So if you look at the topography between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea, you'll get a huge shift in the elevation. The Dead Sea now is the lowest place on earth. After Armageddon, it will become part of the desolate area that leads down into the Lake of Fire. There will probably be this huge chasm between southern Israel and the border of Egypt to where this stream will come down. I don't know what it'll do to the Nile River. It may flow into it. It'll be a cursed land of the South, which feeds the lake of fire. So this will become a memorial of what happens to those who oppose God and his people. So now we see how the lake of fire will begin. It will be on the earth during the whole millennial reign of Christ. A thousand years, this lake of fire will be on there during the golden age of the earth, when god blesses his people so as god are enjoying the presence of christ and the abundant life provided by him there will be this huge lake of fire to the south and west and it'll be pouring and billowing smoke into the sky it says that it'll be never quenched it will go up forever and ever generation to generation shall see it and none shall pass through it forever starts for it goes a thousand years but it'll actually last forever so the smoke will be an eternal reminder of god's fury on rebellion against him the remains of rome will remain in the sea and billowing smoke upward for all the world to see and what is now the nation of jordan the, the modern nation of jordan and the arabs to the south will then be a desolate place a burning pitch and streams draining down to feed the lake of fire and in revelation 14 9 through 11 it says that this lake of fire will continue and jesus and the angels will actually watch people burn in the lake of fire before his very presence as the smoke will ascend up and these people will have no rest day nor night forever and ever so just as there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents there will be great suffering in the presence of the angels by the many who will fail to repent and refuse to so when the battle of armageddon is going on in the north the lake of fire has already begun to grow and the campaign to take the promised land for israel will yield very similar results as it did in joshua's time the lord will fight for Israel, as he did in the day of battle. Zechariah 14, <clears throat> in verse 3, <clears throat> excuse me. Antichrist will be taken alive, it says, at this time, and cast into the lake of fire, along with the false prophet. That's found in Revelation 19, in verse 20. So notice, after the thousand year reign of Christ, a thousand years goes by, the false prophet and the antichrist the beast they are still in the lake of fire they have not been annihilated or consumed they are burning satan himself will be bound and put into hell for a thousand years this is the pit that is spoken of in isaiah 14 when god told lucifer at the beginning yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit so I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to say. This is what will take place. During the 1,000-year reign of Christ, the smoke of torment of the people will rise from the, into the sky from the lake of fire. Hell will still be in the center of the earth because it is not the judgment of the nations is not taking place, or the, excuse me, the great white throne judgment. Jesus will be sitting on the throne the kingdom of heaven in jerusalem and ruling with a rod of iron and his saints will rule with him as faithful servants revelation 17 14 and the curse will be lifted the world's population will be growing exponentially at this time and at the thousand years when they are accomplished it says that satan will be released to deceive the nations and bring them against god for the final battle of man versus god one last rebellion before eternity breaks out. It was never God against man. It's always man against God because he chose Satan's way ever since the garden. And Psalm 2 plainly says it. They said, "We will not have this man reign over us. They will refuse it." Even with the Son of God physically seated on a throne in the earth's glory, Revived, And most men, it says, will still choose not to behold His majesty. They could go see it in person, yet they will not. Isaiah 26, verse 10 says, Let favor be showed to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, will he still deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. That's Isaiah 26, verse 10. During this time, this is a thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. God's people will go every new moon to a place where the carcasses of those who have transgressed against Him are kept. It says they are thrown into the lake of fire, and we will look upon the dead bodies of those and see a picture of death and hell. This is found in Isaiah 66, verse 23 to 24. It shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, saith the Lord, and they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. From one new moon to the next, one every month, people will have to go and look. And what does it say? Their worms shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. Even with the great tempter in hell, men still manages to sin against God. The old saying... The devil made me do it. It's a fallacy and it's a crutch that will hold no sinner up at the judgment. After a thousand years, they will be ripe for temptation and they will follow Satan for the one last rebellion to expel God from his authority and his throne. It's called the Battle of Gog and Magog and it's set in array in Revelation 20 verse 7 through 9, and all God says about it is he brings devouring fire from heaven and it falls on them and consumes and devours them all. And so that's the end of the great rebellion of man. At this time, Satan is caught. He's cast into the fire where the beast and the false prophet are. Revelation 20 verse 10 says he'll be, de- he'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. This is Satan the one who caused hell to be formed, it's made for him and his angels, and now he is in the lake of fire. Notice though, we're ready for the great white throne judgment. And if you study this, Satan is not at this judgment because Satan is put in hell. Revelation 20 verse 11 says, All the dead of the ages will be raised to live again. The sea will give up the dead in it, and death and hell will give up the dead in them. And some, who have been in hell for thousands of years, while others have relatively just showed up, newcomers, they will come back to be judged. They that cannot take part in the first resurrection, for they had no faith. Therefore, they are raised into the second resurrection for the judgment of the great white throne. And so they get a true and a fair judgment. They will be able to give a defense of themselves in their lives, and the books will be opened, and the records will be revealed, and every defendant will have no defense, even though they have an opportunity. They will shut their mouth and realize, we deserve judgment in hell. Romans 2, verses 12 through 16. Romans 3, verse 4 and 19 say this, they will abhor themselves as Job did when he, when he got a real good look at himself and hanged their heads in shame, and all whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. And then it says, lastly, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Can you imagine this vast lake of fire, what it will be like from here on out when hell is thrown in to the lake of fire this is an incredible what's going to take place. And people of faith need to believe this, that this will happen. We see that hell's future will be in the lake of fire. God will take hell out of the center of the earth and put it in the lake of fire, which is on the earth. And those there will continue to be in torment for all eternity. 2 Peter 3, verse 10-13 through shows us that God will renovate the earth by fire. He'll make a new one wherein dwelleth righteousness. The elements will melt with a fervent heat as God makes new out of the old. And he says, I make new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. God will give the new earth to man, and the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will enjoy the benefits of this paradise for all eternity with God being in the midst of them but remember that the lake of fire will still be there so while the new earth is in existence the lake of fire will be on the new earth and the smoke of its torment will rise forever and ever and the Jews will inherit the earth the church will be in the new Jerusalem and all the dead will be in hell and so you find and that's in the lake of fire There will be a visual aid for all eternity of the rebellion of Satan and the great tempter and enemy of the soul and of God will be in hell and the smoke will rise forever and ever. So as I finish, let me say, right now we live with people all around us. They're headed to that terrible place and we know the Lord because we're saved and they don't. They're without God in the world, the Bible says. We have joy, we have hope, We have knowledge of the future and we have hope. They have none of these. They're even tortured as they live and unhappy. And everywhere we go, we see the smoke of their torment and the emptiness in their life and the despair of their life. And they destroy their lives and their families and their bodies with bad living and sinful habits. And even when they're laughing, the Bible says sorrow still in their heart because deep down they know There's a judgment day coming and they'll have no defense. Christ is the answer. Christ is the only answer. We study hell so that we will have an urgent spirit. We study hell so that we can be moved into action. And like the psalmist said in Psalm uh, 119.53, Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. We are afraid for these people. They have forsaken the law of God and the way of God and they are all going to end up in this horrible place. We do all that we can to pluck them out of the fire like a burning firebrand and save them before they can well they will burn. And so this is the future of hell. We studied the origin all the way to the end when hell is cast into the lake of fire and there it'll be with all of its inhabitants forever and ever so in our continuation of studies of hell in the future we're going to look at some new things about hell we're going to next time we're going to look at hell and how it is the different or the complete opposite of heaven and look at these points we'll look at how great heaven is and how horrible hell will be in our next study thank you for listening hope that you learned from the word of god today thank you